It is the another episode of the Bizarro Files. Bizarro Files. God, shows how long we've been doing this. Uh, it's another episode of the Bizarro World of Sports here, or I can't talk because it has just been a world of just problem after problem here in Bizarro Studio One. Uh, but we're getting through it, and hey, we're almost up to baseball season, and that's what's really important. And I'm Jared, and with me, of course, is the awesome Miguel, and we are going to talk some baseball and other sports news for the next however long we do so. How you doing, Miguel? I'm doing pretty good. Can't wait for baseball season. I know. Spring training has started up. Yes, it has. Want to start us off with some uh, spring training news? Well, let's just say that um, it's been uh, been pretty good so far. Uh, they've been testing out uh, replays, actual game replays in uh, test as a test right now in spring training games. Huh? How's it how's it been working out? I haven't heard any news on that on that front. Well, so far the uh, the replays have been going pretty good. Today there was a game that uh, that was reviewed mm-hmm. uh, and with the uh, Angels and Dodgers game, where they actually threw uh, trout out uh, trout out at the plate. Yeah. So, but then again, you know, the play that led to that ended up being pretty damn awesome, <laughs> to say the least. Well, it's kind of good to know that they're going to try to get some of the bugs out before we actually have game, or real games. One of the bugs, because they were that I remember that we talked about it, saying that all the replays were headed by a uh, by a single umpire over in uh, like a central hub in New York. They actually changed that up, where there's going to be a umpire uh, at the watching uh, booth, pretty much a booth in the in a trailer just outside the stadium. I think that's way better because you don't have to worry about, you know, having to send the video along or any of that, you know, the live feeds and that. And if you have multiple games going on at once, it's just like, you know what, just cut out all those middlemen. Just have one of the officials for the for the local region show up and do his job. And he can't be particularly biased because he's not going to, I don't even, is he going to be watching the whole game or is he going to just, they're just going to send him those plays? I think he's also going to be watching the game, and when the uh, when the replay is called, it'll be he'll just he'll be able to rewind and call it up. Okay. That way, it doesn't. I think that'll work. I, I still think it's a more efficient way of handling it. Um, and so, if the guy's not on the field, he doesn't have to deal with the attitudes of the players or the coaches yelling at him or anything like that. So he's not going to have any of those distractions. Or a crowd booing or something. Yeah. If he, if he just kind of has the footage and stuff and he's just been watching the game, he can kind of see where things are at and focus on it from there. And I think that's a that works a lot better than... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of how they do it for football, too. They have a guy up and uh, they, they have the little uh, officials in the booth or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, it's better to have a, a local booth, in my opinion. It's how they do it in football, and I think that that'll work great for baseball. All three, there were there were three instances that they used it this spring training, and all all the plays were upheld. Mm-hmm. So that means that the umpires did not have a bad call. Yeah. 
so so far every every kind of you know every time it was challenged the the uh it was upheld saying the play was correct you know and so far on average it was about maybe two minutes that they that they took yeah i don't think that's that big of it. i mean one two minutes is nothing in the course of an entire baseball game hell that's a commercial break um but what, what I was really thinking on there was, I think more of the officials are going to agree with each other just because uh, a lot of baseball officials tend to call things the same way. It's only those rare moments where you get the one official who has the really dumb call, and you're like, what? That, that was a ball. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I think for the most part, I think for you know kind of outs and stuff like that, I think a lot of officials tend to call things about the same. But I think that throughout the majority of this year, we're going to, every single one of these things is going to be scrutinized by everyone watching, which has got to make just everyone nervous. Yeah. Because when you're sitting there going, you know, oh gosh, the people at home are watching me make this decision, the people at the stadium are going to scrutinize this decision, the sports commentators are going to recognize this decision sports center is going to scrutinize this decision it gets, it gets a little heavy after a while i think but you know it also depends how often it's really used you know and granted when you have every team playing not that every team plays every day but you know in the course of a week we might get you know four or five uses of it and if it becomes more commonplace so i think so i want to get into the expanded replay rules because oh, we all know how football's how their you know replay instant their challenge replay goes. It's you know challenge flag. If they get it wrong, then they lose. What was it? They lose the right to check. They lose. They have a, they lose a timeout. A flag, and they lose a timeout. Yeah. But if they get it right, they still have their challenge flag. I think. Yeah, they keep it. They still keep it. Anyways. How it goes for baseballs is the managers will be allotted one challenge per game, mm-hmm. and if they actually have a challenge and it ends up being overturned, then they get two challenges. Okay, so they get an extra. If they, if they succeed, they get an extra so, one. So if they succeed, they keep it and they still have another challenge waiting to go. Uh, As in, that's a total of two now for them. Yeah. Now that's the max will go. Okay, so they only get two times no matter what. Okay, yeah. I think that's, that's fair. That's so to call for replay is still be still be under the umpire crew chief's discretion. So the uh, the crew chief can still be no, this does not warrant a replay. Like simple simple calls, yeah, you know, that are so obvious. You'd be like, no, we're not doing a replay for this. He was clearly out. Yeah, well, it was like my point of like an umpire calling a a ball a strike or something like that where I'm like I don't oh, think it's... Oh, that's another thing too is that uh, balls and strikes cannot be challenged at all okay good because there's no reason they should be um, it's just how an umpire is going to call it and they've had to deal with that for you know close to 100 years now so possibly actually more than that depending how long so how long has professional baseball been around <laughs> now at the same time too from inning seven onwards, the umpire and crew chief can call for a replay as well if they feel, you know, for it. <sighs> and of course, they can. Then the umpires can call for a review for a home run at any inning. 
because you know it's yeah. a home run. You know, it's something you gotta review. I'm fine with that. I mean, you know, you don't want. I don't think it's gonna happen too often. Usually, it's never usually that close. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've seen the ones that have been, and even the umpires when that happens, you know, go back and view back and forth, and a baseball player will be running, and I'm probably like, that that totally was not. No, 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 I hit the wall, and the wall, can't, no, it does not count if it hits the wall. And you've seen them arguing that um, before we have one or two umpires not particularly agreeing on whether or not something was a home run. Or a coach arguing with an umpire, especially on that. So, These are the, these are really the plays that. that are under the, that are reviewable under the, the, the replay system currently. Mm-hmm. Which means ground rule doubles, a fan interference call, boundary calls. Uh, force plays at all bases, except when the middle infielder touched second base during the attempt to turn a double play. Tag plays on the pape, on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Fair foul calls on balls hit into the outfield. Catch trap calls on balls hit into the outfield. Time plays, whether or not a run scored prior to the third out. Yeah, that's a good, that's a big one. Uh, whether a runner passed a preceding runner. Though I don't see that ever happening in baseball nowadays. I has that ever happened? I'm sure this has to have this. Could be some dude who's like really, really fast and some like lumbering dude, and it would just be hilarious. I would love to watch like that on like one of those uh, end of the end of show, uh, you know, Sports Center blooper moments. <laughs> just, yeah. And and Joey runs into Ron because Ron's a fat tub and apparently can't get around the bases fast enough. <laughs> And then scorekeeping issues, you know, including, you know, the count, number of outs, score, substitutions, that kind of deal. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I, they rarely ever mess that up. Um, I don't even know if I've ever – I've seen a lot of baseball games. I don't think I've ever seen something where the count got messed up. And stuff that are not reviewable is going to be, you know, how he said, balls and strike counts, obstruction, interference, infield fly roll, and check swings. In fun of that. Uh, I think this is good. I mean, this is going to be something that'll probably. I don't know how much usage it's really going to get. I know right now they're probably looking to do it just to kind of test it out to make sure it'll be fair. But I think when we get to about like the All Star break, we'll be like, oh right, we have that, don't we? <laughs> like, I think it'll just kind of slip from our consciousness. But who knows? Maybe it'll be used a lot. It's really hard to tell. It's just when you haven't had something in a sport for so many years and suddenly add it in. Yeah, I think it's going to take a while before it really gets used to its maximum efficiency. Yeah, but right now, so far, uh, no one no one has uh, been able to overturn what the umpires have said, so I don't know, the umpires have really upped their game. Or, you know, they're, they're just, you know, not getting a good streak. Yeah. But like, it's also, you know, training, like I said, so... I don't know how many, you know, groups are taking this seriously. Or, well, I should rephrase that. I think even the umpires are kind of like, well, you know, we'll just call whatever, and you know, we're just still trying to get everyone warmed up and stuff, and get people back into play play mode. I mean, heck, some fields are still frozen over right now. Although a lot of teams tend to train in like the warmer states, anyways. But considering how crazy the winter has been for the Midwest and the East Coast, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's a lot of teams there. What are they practicing? 
mean, granted, some of those are domes, but not all of them. Now, there's something I want to put out there, Jared. I'm pretty sure you might have heard about this, but um, have you heard about the movement to turn baseball's opening day as a national holiday? I have heard about that. I was reading about that this morning, actually. Yep. Um, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't think this will ever pass, uh, just because, I don't know. It, and then, then again, we have so many weird, like, random holidays at this point that, like, it could be one of those, like, partial partial holidays. Like, you know, certain places, uh, certain jobs get Martin Luther King Day off, but not all jobs. Some schools do, some schools don't. And they have that for a few other holidays as well. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, Boston just takes this as a holiday. Everyone's going to be at the Sox game. <laughs> uh, everyone's going to be at the you know, Reds game. Everyone's going to be at the um, Yankees game. Everyone's going to be at, uh, you know, the 40, uh, the 49, the Giants game or uh, the Cal, uh, I keep going to football teams or the Rangers game. You know, teams that are really like have a crazy huge fan base that will ditch work to go to the opening game anyways. I think those ones will probably have it, but I can't imagine like people in Nebraska really caring. I'm sure someone in Nebraska like have the whatever baseball teams they root for, but I can't imagine you know someone in Nebraska like hopping in the car driving over to. Um, I'm trying to think of the closest state that has a team to Nebraska. Yeah. Kansas City maybe going down to Missouri. Nebraska team. We need to, we need some more expansion teams. Yeah, get us like the Nebraska um, farmers or something. Have a total. Of okay, okay. I'll get you another state. I can come from another state that needs a team. Um, Utah doesn't have a team yet, so we need a Utah team. Well, I think they have minor league teams. Well, I mean, minor league minor teams league. are pretty much almost everywhere. I know, but that doesn't count. Uh, well, we can have a Salt Lake City. Um, uh, can't come up with a good name for a Utah team. I mean, heck, neither could basketball. That's why they have the Jazz. And I'm like, what? Yeah, Utah, known for its Jazz. Um, but whatever. Uh, the point being, you know, like Utah's another example. I can't imagine anyone in Utah like driving over to Colorado or something to watch a Rockies game. <laughs> Or whatever other local, you know, um, or maybe down to maybe down to Arizona, maybe. But yeah, you could go see a Rockies game or a Diamondbacks game or something like that. You know, whoever they happen to be into. I don't see them doing that. You know, or taking a crazy long trip all the way over to uh, San Francisco to see a Giants game. Like I don't. I don't see that happening so much, but I can see, you know, maybe <laughs> Seattle fans, <laughs> lol. Um, but, you know, I could see it in certain states. I could see, you know, Tigers have a pretty good fan base. I could see Tigers fans, you know, ditching. Well, if people in Michigan actually had jobs, they would ditch work to go to the Tigers game. I could see, I could see Minnesota doing that for the Twins. Um, uh, I would, I'm, I'm hopeful. The uh, opening day for the Angels is March 29th, so I have 
as of today, 23 days until opening day. Nice. And your Dodgers are actually having an opening day in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I keep getting my little posts about that. It, it, it's, yeah. it seems like they post every other day uh, the Dodgers on Facebook. And they post like every day, like, oh, man, we're going to go to Perth. I think it's like Perth is where they're playing. Yeah. Um, and they're like, remember, it's this date, but because of the time difference, it's going to be at this time. And it's just like, man... I know what you're trying to, what baseball is trying to achieve by doing these out of country games, and then you know the NFL did the same thing actually. Uh, but it's just one of those things that's just an annoyance to me. Now, granted, unless I suddenly get a plane ticket, and uh, if I can suddenly afford a plane ticket back, I'm not going to be hitting Dodgers opening day at all, um, or even the Angels opening day for that matter, because I'm too far away right now. And getting a ticket to Sox opening days can be impossible. So I'm just going to be stuck, like, watching via TV. Eh. Oh, yeah? Which isn't bad, but it's just one of those things where I haven't been to an opening day game in a while. And actually, the majority that I ever went to were Angels games because my family lived in Orange County and they could easily get Angel tickets. So I actually went to more opening Angels games. I went to the opening game the year after they won the World Series uh, where they had actually the giveaway was a uh, replica of little Angel World Series rings, which is it, which somehow got into the coat jacket pocket of one of my dress coats. I don't know how. And every time I wear that jacket, I always reach in the pocket and go, what the heck is this? And I always pull out that ring and go, oh, right, the ring's in this jacket. And they put it right back in the pocket. It never goes anywhere else. Um, and it's one of those weird things, because the first time I ever pulled that out of uh, my pocket, I was with uh, the girl, a girl I was dating, um, and I were in Vegas together. And I was like, what the heck is in my pocket? And I pulled it out, and she, like, jumped in the air, like, like kind of like, oh, my God. And I'm like, no. No, no, no. It's a, it's, it's a fake angel's ring. It was randomly in my pocket. I wasn't trying to do one of those cute proposal things. I literally just happened to have this ring in my pocket, and I was just confused as to what it was. And I had to explain the whole thing. No, no, no. This is from their opening day game after they won the World Series. Like, I'm not proposing, I promise. Unless you're really that big of an angel's fan, then maybe I am. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's still in that pocket, whatever coat that is. I can't remember which one. <laughs> yeah, so we have that stuff. There have been a lot of trades, acquisitions during the offseason. Uh, I think we went through some of them. I think I, I think we can go when we're more expanded on to our more in-focus baseball show. Yeah. Well, we're going to get that for opening week, uh, which will be in a couple of weeks. Um, but right now, yeah, it's more just trying to fill in those gaps, waiting for the season to start. Yep. So, on other news, on Yankees news, the we, we all don't like the Yankees, but uh, yeah. let's go off with the... Uh, I like how either way, either way, wherever I live, I hate the... It's like, I, I live in one... I was a Dodger fan, rivals to the Yankees, and then, you know, now I'm in Boston with, the, with all the Sox fans, rivals to the Yankees, and then you're an Angel, Angels fan, which technically makes you... Like, not really a rival so much, but they're always just kind of a thorn in your side as well, so. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean when, in 02, when we won the, the League Championship Series against the Yankees, oh, so exciting. Oh, that made everyone happy. Yeah, well, of course. Seeing, seeing the Yankees not make it to the World Series usually makes everyone other than New Yorkers happy. Yes. 
Yes, it is. Um, to go on, uh, Alex Rodriguez, we all know about him. Uh, he's serving his 162-game suspension this year. Yep. And if by some miraculous reason the Yankees make the playoffs, then his, um, he, he's further on not being able to participate oh, in those, those playoff games as those well. Ga- those games are going to count towards his suspension? Yep. Okay. So if after 162 games and the Yankees are in the playoffs, then add on however many more games the Yankees play. Yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. I mean, those games count. You know, it, it is a game he would be playing in. But you're right. Unless Yankees have made some crazy trades in the last couple of months, I don't see them getting that far. Um, but then again, you have the, um, then you have the, the retirement magic, though, going on the side of the Yankees. I mean, we saw it two years ago with the retirement of Ray Lewis being able to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So we have that with Derek Jeter retiring this year. Yeah, but Jeter hasn't been on his A game for a few years now. Well, considering that you know that uh, ankle injury he suffered in 2013. Yeah. It's still pretty hard for him. But that said, it's a bounce back coming back from a from a, from an ankle injury like that. It's always one of those perfect moments to, to win your World Series on your retirement year. I mean, once again, I got to go go the call back two years ago when the, the great Chipper Jones was called his 2012 season his final season. Yeah. They made it to playoffs, and, and me, you know, even though I wasn't a Braves fan, though I did really like the Braves in their run when they were one, when they were one of the powerhouses always entering World Series. Yeah. Uh, I was right there, deep within. You just, you just got to root for the chipper. Well, that's another rivalry that, for me, goes back back to, like, late elementary school, early junior high, whenever that was. So, to me, it's those ones where I begrudgingly was like, well, I kind of want Chipper to get his little retirement victory. And on the other hand, I still don't like the Braves. So, like, if they win, like, okay, well, Chipper can have his chance. And if they lose, I was like, good. <laughs> so I was kind of like either way on that one, but I remember we were watching uh, one of those games after Comic Haze. That was good times. Yeah. yeah, but sadly we had that 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 retirement career didn't go so well. Yeah, a botched infield fly call. Yeah, but you know, even still, Chipper had a great career, and to the to the same extent, Derek Jeter had a really great career as well. Even if he doesn't you know, go all the way to the end, you know, it's not like he hasn't had some playoff runs and stuff like that. Yep. So I, don't think know, he, I don't think he's had any pick. victories, though. I don't, think, I don't think he's had any series in his career. I'd have to double-check that. Wait, who? Uh, Derek Jeter. Oh, Jeter's gotten plenty of World Series under his career. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he's... Remember, he's part of the Yankees organization. That's the true. He's been with them for a while. 27 World Series... How long has he been playing with the Yankees at this point? Um, let's see. Because I think that's what I'm doing. So I think I'm not calculating exactly how long he's been with them. Because, yeah, the Yankees had that run for a while. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he was involved with that run. Let's see here. Uh, major leagues. 
Yeah, he uh, he still started off in '95. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's been with the Yankees for, jeez, almost two decades. That's yeah. That is pretty impressive. That's... Not only that, he started playing in the minor leagues from '92. Was drafted by the Houston Astros. Oh. Are the Houston Astros drafted him? Uh, maybe. Still, it's kind of a sad. That's like that's just bum luck. It's just like. Player, want to be on the Astros? No, too bad. No, it was the Yankees that uh, that drafted him. Oh, it was the Yankees straight up. Okay, well that's good. So he's just been the Yankees his entire career. Yeah, he's been with Do the you Yankees know rare his entire career for for a player, especially a superstar. And then let's face it, Derek Jeter is a really good player. He was a superstar for a while. Like I said, only the last couple of years, and that 2013 ankle injury, you know, that was harsh. But it is rare to see one of those superstars who's with the same team their entire career. Uh, because most can get bought away or they get in an argument with someone or whatever. There's plenty of BS reasons. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like football, you know, where you have your guy who's, you know, your guy and, yeah, this guy's awesome. And then he goes off to another team after being with your team for, you know, five years or something, you go, come on, man, you only have two more years left in your career. You could have stayed with us for two more years. It would have been nice. Yep. You know, like Jerry Rice, yeah, how Jerry Rice did that with the uh, 49ers. He has five World Series championships with the Yankees. Okay, he, does, he doesn't need a sixth. He's fine. He can, he can just toss, like, underhanded pitches for the rest of the season and just move on for life. He needs a shortstop. Oh. Well, they can make Jeter the pitcher, or uh, and he can throw underhanded pitches for, for the remainder of the season. <laughs> Just completely destroy any Yankees show. Oh, no, probably has a good arm on him, but I don't think he has a pitcher's arm. You're right, yes. yes but there is 96, 98, 99, 2000, and 2009. Yeah, that crazy, yeah, that main, that late yeah. 90s streak there. I remember that. That, that. that, like, reignited my hatred for them. The, the 2009 one is in That's kind of like a whole, like, oh, the Yankees won again. Good for them. Um, but it was that 90 streak. I believe the 2009 World Series Championship happened that the year that uh, George Steinbrenner died, I believe. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, well, who would have thunk it? <laughs> Yeah, and, and they do stuff like that every once in a while. They'll do that whole, like, hey, this this player died, or this player's going to retire. Well, at least it's the same thing with the retiree thing. I think, you know, owners or major coaches or stuff die. It sometimes rallies the team to kind of push forward. Heck, sometimes when there's tragedies in the city, the team pushes forward and, and wins. That's happened on a couple different occasions as well. Most recently with Boston. Well, yeah, but more than just Boston, because the Yankees have done that. Um, shoot, none are else coming to mind. But I know there's been a couple other ones that have been like that historically for baseball and a couple for football too as well, if I'm not mistaken. And I never know if that's just one of those like karma kind of things or if it's just a whole we need to win because our town just took had a horrible tragedy. And yeah, Boston with the horrible tragedy and then actually winning the World Series was kind of a nice... And that's not karma's the bad way for that because I'm like people got horribly killed, maimed, and etc. And winning a baseball game, well, winning four baseball games, uh, doesn't really make up for that. But it's one of those strange things where it's like, hey, our our town is hurting. Let's give everyone something to be happy about. Yep, Jared's also a 13-time All-Star. 
like I said, he's a superstar. He's had a great career. I I think regardless of what happens this year with him, he can retire knowing that he kicked some butt for almost two decades with one team, and that's excluding you know uh, minor league work. And you know, with his recognition, I mean, if he, if he has a good brain in his head, he could end up doing commentary or something like that. And I I think people would jump at having you know an all uh, thirteen time All Star uh, either. I think Jeter is moving on to do a publishing company, I believe. He's a writer. Uh, I don't think maybe a writer, but he's a, but he's publishing companies, you know, which yeah. he'll be actively running after he retires. So, you know, if you want to get something published, Jared, you know, <laughs> so Jared Jeter, your stuff. <laughs> I will totally do that. I, I, I want to find out what what they're actually making publications of, and I will write something for that just so I can say that I am published under Derek Jeter's publishing company. Yeah. Even if it's baseball history stuff, I will figure out a way to write a baseball history book or some sort of kid's guide to baseball or something. I will figure something out to write. I mean, like, if this thing is based on, like, New York history, I will find a way to write a book about New York history. I will figure something out. I mean, just one of those, this is a really odd choice because, like, like I said, there's some, usually it's coaches and stuff who go off and do commentating or something like that, but, or even if he went off to do coaching, I, that'd be fine with that. I think he'd be a great, uh, be a great fielding coach, possibly even a hitting coach, actually. Almost well, we'll a lot for his publishing company. He's partnering up with Simon and Schuster. Oh, they publish everything. So and they're to make his publishing, and it's gonna emphasize on nonfiction stories. Damn it! This is the one thing I don't do. Well, you gotta try. It's an emphasis. It doesn't necessarily mean it's completely on nonfiction. I know, but like he's gonna want like some wilderness survival story, and I don't go to the wilderness. And even if I did, I don't think I could survive. I am. Uh, not designed for surviving in the wilderness. To me, the wilderness is a two-star hotel. Ah, yes. <laughs> However, will I survive in this Motel 6? We shall find out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's most of the news I've picked up off of baseball this season. We're getting a replay. Yeah, and it, that's the thing to keep an eye on and watch. I think, if anything, that's the big one. You know, these last few trades and stuff, you know, we'll see how things pan out. But I think for, at this point, the Dodgers and Angels, well, I want to say lineup for the Angels, but um, our, our player rosters are basically set. And the Dodgers are looking good, like we did last year. But Angels is the one I'm more concerned about, because did you guys actually, you know, get anyone to pitch? Or are you guys still going to... We got a few pitchers. We traded Mark Trumbo. We got a couple pitchers from a three-way deal that we ended up uh, doing. Uh, sure, I can go into further trade details in another show. Yeah. Uh, I know that we picked up a couple uh, free agents in the market, a couple pitchers in that market. Uh, so right now, you know you know how it is with spring training games. There, everyone's battling for a spot on the roster, even though yeah. many, many people think it's a guaranteed for certain players. You know, you just can't think that you never know well I, I like the fact that they actually make even the veterans and even the stars you know get out there and, and show that they're still willing to give 100 percent because you know there are certain players who get lazy who are like i'm a star i don't need to 
put out 100%. And guess what? Those star players tend to get traded pretty quick because they go, well, you get the name recognition, but you're not putting out the effort. So we'll trade you to, you know, the Indians or something. So we can get one of their younger guys who actually wants to put out the effort and try to make a name for himself. Yep. Um, and that's happened on numerous occasions. I think the only guy who got away with it uh, was Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was very lazy in his fielding, um, but could hit and would put out his in, insane, uh, possibly cheating efforts into his hitting. And so the Giants never really gave him up and kept him as you know part of their hitting lineup for basically the entire time he was there. But you know, if his hitting had declined at all, I think they would have traded him off just due to his attitude. But, you know, if you got someone who's going to be giving you those home runs, you know, you, you keep him around, even if he has a little bit of an attitude. And, you know, that's their own choice. I'm not a Giants fan, obviously, rivalry. Uh, so, you know, it just is what it is. Yep. But I, I like them forcing, you know, that's the last thing you want is, you know, you want... We want... Trout to be hungry. We want him to want to be a star. We want him to be, you know, to go to the All Star game again. Um, well, I wanted to not bring much of this up because Trout is in negotiations with the Angels for a long term contract. Uh, recently, he signed a one year, one million dollar contract for at least for this year, the upcoming mm-hmm. 2014 season. Yeah. Uh, in a in a statement that he said, and this is loosely from what I've read. Uh, that he just wants to focus on the game, you know, to talk about contract extensions, that kind of stuff. Because people in the media have come up and asked him, it's like, so are you gonna get the big, you know, the big money deal? He's like, I don't want to talk about it, you know, if what things come will come. But right now, I just came here to focus on on the game, and that's it, you know. So, and that's and that's an important quality: focus on your game. Don't focus about the money, because if you focus about the money, you become an Alex Rodriguez, yeah, or a Barry Bonds. Yep, and, and the thing is, or, or in the most recent case with the Mariners, uh, what's his name, Robinson Cano? Oh God, yeah. You know, wanting to have a big money contract, and the Yankees were like, <laughs> "No, we're saving a lot of money off of not paying Alex Rodriguez this year. What makes you think we're gonna pay you this much as well? This is our offer." And yeah. the Mariners decided, "Like, well, well, we'll pay him that much money." So yeah, you know. it's one of the dumbest decisions the Mariners have made, and and that's. A long list of dumb decisions there. You know, and it's one of those things where you know. And not only that, I just want to say the American League West is is a tough competition. Yeah. With obviously, the Angels in there, the Texas Rangers, and the Oakland A's. Yep. Those three are the three big powerhouses in the West. The Houston Astros are a joke. Yeah. And the Mariners are just there. I believe they ended yeah. up fourth place many years in a row. Yeah, they have. The Mariners and the Astros aren't a threat to anybody. I, the Mariners can turn it around. They've had good years in the past, but they're not making some good decisions recently, and I just don't know if they've given up, which is weird because then you get, like, how crazy Mariners, I know Mariners um, Seahawks fans are. And you're like, look, if you've got this rabid fan base there, you, you get a good baseball team going. You'd probably get a rabid fan base for the Mariners. Seahawks fans aren't all Seahawks, aren't, you know, Mariners fans because, yeah. one, I want to say Russell Wilson. Mm. Exactly. He was drafted by 
another American League West team, the Texas Rangers. Yeah. So, if people follow the bandwagon, these Seattle Seahawks fans will more than likely be Texas Ranger fans just because uh, Russell Wilson is playing for the Texas Rangers in these spring games. See, I don't see them jumping over to another team. I see them just shrugging and going, oh, screw it. I'll just go and watch the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just one of those things where just I think you... Some people jump teams, but the problem is when you're raised with a team and then your team just is just making bonehead decisions and just pissing you off all the time, you just kind of go, screw it. Just let me know when they're sane again. You know, I had friends in San Diego back when the Chargers were making stupid decisions, and we, we also had Stan freaking out like this, but people who were San Diego kind of born and raised were like, I just don't watch football. Just, I'm done. <laughs> Someone call me when they fire their staff and get a whole new staff, and eh, maybe I'll start watching again, but... I'm just tired of it watching every game and wanting to, like, scream and yell and throw stuff. Like, I watch sports to relax, not to, like, freak out. And that was kind of their attitude. I think there are probably a lot of Mariners fans at this point going, What? And you're spending how much on who? Oh, dear God. Well, don't get me wrong. There'd be Mariners fans that'd be like, that will welcome this this trade. I mean, come on. Don't get me wrong. There's been big money uh, trades coming in that most players have, well, welcomed with open arms. I just want to put out this to the Mariners, though. The Mariners fans, like, stick with your team, because remember, the Angels had a big had two big money contracts that we signed with Pujols and Hamilton. Look how that turned out for us. Well, Look it's, how not, our it's season not the turned point out. that they did a big money contract. Big money contracts are not that big of a well. I mean, they're big deals, obviously, but they're not like going to break a team. The problem they're is. Not- they don't know a team. A World Series guarantee. Yeah, this is not. A, he's not, he's not even a playoff guarantee. He's not even a rank three guarantee. Okay, um, that's the problem. That's where I think the frustration comes in. You know, when you have, you know, yeah, you got a guy who's okay. He's he's not worth the money they're paying him, but he's he's a star player. He's a star caliber, but you have no one else. You know. What do you do? You know, you can't build a team. Certain sports, you can build a team around one guy. In basketball, you can build a team around a really good center um, or a really good point guard as long as the team works together and, you know, holds holds together during, you know, games. Just, uh, like, football, how the, just like how we saw with the L.A. Lakers. Look at where they are now. Well, yeah, because they... they that strategy with Kobe and eventually Kobe's not gonna when Kobe starts to decline everything else is gonna fall apart and that's that's the I didn't say it was a good strategy I said it's just something that works occasionally um, in football well, I'm, not, I'm not going with that I'm just saying that that strategy works but if you don't have a content a contingency plan for when that star player is out for the for a long time like you know Kobe is it's like you are struggling yeah. you know I, I mean yeah, they tried to get Dwight Howard in as their, you know, next backup man, but look at what that turned out. Yeah, he ended really. up turning free agency and he signed with Houston. It's because they didn't build him up. Well, they, they also didn't respect him. If you're going to constantly say, well, Kobe's the star, and he goes, well, what about me? And they go, Kobe's the star. Well, when yep. he has the chance to go to another team who's willing to make him a star, or at least put him out there and, you know, get him to actually be able to function as a, as a lead guy or a six-man, you know... 
that's you're going to jump at that opportunity. But you know, the other example I was going to use, kind of more currently, was uh, Manning heading over to the Broncos. Now, despite the Super Bowl, <laughs> um, he did turn that team around to a team that was kind of doing okay. You know, they, they weren't a terrible team by any means, but they were doing okay, and they got Manning in there, and you know, they went, they got pretty far two years in a row. So. Yeah. And not only that, I just want to point. And I want to point this out too. Is you know, it, it's more on the pack that I think also with Manning, he 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 also was on the point when they when the Colts drafted and realized it's like he drafted a quarterback as a number one. People expect you to play that number one draft pick quarterback. Yeah. So you're better off trading me off, trading me away to let this kid play. But you see, in basketball, you have five men on the court, and if you have one guy who's a really good leader, really good coordinator, the team will do really good. Or if the people are building the strategies around one really skilled player, the team will do good. In football, if you have a really good quarterback, that can turn things around for a team. It might not make them uh, Super Bowl champions, but it'll turn things around. Here's the problem with baseball. Let's say you got an amazing hitter, and he's a right fielder. Well, guess what? You still have eight other positions to fill on that field, and if he's not the world's greatest right fielder, you know a right fielder isn't going to determine whether or not you're going to win a game. Yeah, but also no matter how many home runs that right fielder hits. Also, want to play on what you're saying too, Jared. He plays right field. Majority of the time, when you see baseball, and like we do, most of those hits are grounders, are hoppers, are you know. They're not going into the outfield as much. There's a lot of ground balls being hit, a lot of, you know, infield flies, yeah. plays being turned, strikes, pitchers being great pitchers and striking out the side, that kind yeah. of stuff. That right fielder, even though he's a great hitter, he's just, you know, his hands on his side for most of the time. Well, not yeah, to say that, they, it's, that it's all of them should their hand on the side all the time. But, no, I'm saying the they're is... not having too much action until the ball goes their way. Yeah. And, well, and like you said, or let's put this in a secondary position. Let's say you got the world's greatest pitcher. That pitcher can't pitch every single inning. That pitcher cannot pitch every single game. You look at a pitcher who can do a full game. There, there's some that do that occasionally. Then they take like a day or two off. You yeah, can't get one pitcher to pitch every inning, every game. The pitching rotation is five is a five-man rotation. Yeah. Just give that pitcher an extra day off. So that's kind of, kind of where I'm going here is when it comes to baseball, you really can't have one star player that just makes the whole team succeed. Now, you can sometimes have a really good coach who can bring out the best in the players they have and make the players do really well. That's been known to happen, you know, or you get your little money ball moments. You get those things going on. But when you put all your eggs in one basket in baseball, it never turns out well. I, I cannot think of a single example of a baseball team that had like one superstar and everyone else was mediocre or bad that succeeded. I cannot even think of one example. Exactly. You can do that in lots of sports. You can you could probably do that in the hockey or soccer as well, for that matter. But you can't do it in baseball because baseball is just such a different dynamic. That's why we love the game so much. Yeah, there's strategy. There is, you know, the fact that you have to have a functional unit as a team. Yes, you can have a lazy person as a right fielder. Yes, there are certain you know, catchers are kind of a semi-lazy position. You get a few positions that don't require the world's greatest amount of skill. 
you know, because obviously your, your first baseman and your uh, left fielder really need to be kind of up on the ready game. Um, yeah. And your, your uh, shortstop as well, I'd actually say. But there's certain positions you can put people in that aren't going to be the most heavily uh, played positions on the field. And usually that's where some heavy hitters go so that they don't wear themselves out so they can actually, you know, focus on hitting and running. But again, like I said, the strategy requires to have a good defense. In fact, if anything, more baseball games are won from having a really good fielding than they're won from having tons of home run hitters. The Angels are proof of that. They have some great hitters, amazing hitters. They lost a bunch of games because defense just wasn't up to the task. That was most, I want to believe it mostly on pitching. It is mostly pitching. That's part of the defensive team. Throwing strikes is what you need to do, you know. Um, you need, or if you're not throwing strikes, at least try to get the ball, get the, force the hitter to hit the ball towards people who are going to catch it and bring the guy out. And you can do that by aiming the ball specific ways. Now, sometimes that, you know, veers off for a, you know, an actual, you know, miss. But, you know, there's, there's definitely means by which, as a pitcher, you can manipulate a batter into kind of doing what you want the batter to do. And it doesn't always work, but it's, it's one of the strategies there. But if suddenly you've held, you know, the, you know, the opposing team off till the eighth inning, and then suddenly you put in some horrible uh, closer who then gives away 10 runs, well, guess what? You lose. Yeah. Um, no matter how much, you know, unless you scored 11 runs prior to the end, to the eighth inning, you know, you basically, you know, you're, you're going to give away the game. And so it's definitely one of those things where, you know, even with a mediocre pitcher as your closer, you know, as long as you got someone in the field who are going to be able to catch the balls and do some flyouts, um, for those nice times you had flats, though, you know, grounders and stuff like that happen. So, um, but if you can get those those moments there, if you get those guys who you know, like Trout for the for as just as a fielder is amazing, especially because he has weird Spider-Man powers to climb walls. Uh, still, still love those clips, and I'm like, oh my God, how do you do that, man? Like, don't get me wrong. Each and every clip that he's in is amazing. I mean, even today's play was amazing. To see him to. I mean, yeah, Puig ended up, you know, taking a dive at the wrong moment and missing the ball. But at the same time, being able to go from home to home in such a botched play is pretty damn impressive for for yeah. Trout. Especially even though he was called out, that called that the the relay play by the Dodgers was amazing. Yeah, but yeah, my my point being is, you know, he's a great fielder, and then there's a few other great uh, fielders. I'm specializing him just because of his really just amazing talent but there's a handful of other really good fielders on the angels team but you know it's it's that coordination of your fielding that really gets the job done in those last couple innings so it's it's definitely one of those things where one superstar couldn't make a team it would, it would say the rest of the angels were all mediocre lower level people and then all they had was trouts they wouldn't have made it as far as they did last year and then the angels did good considering like their lack of pitching. The Angels did really good last year. Um, yep. Most teams that have pitching that dour just don't make it that far. <laughs> Especially when they have to compete with uh, ranking up against the A's and Texas. Those well, are also easy teams the, to... I also want to put into account there, too, is that we lost our ace early on in the season as well. Oh, uh, that's true, too, yeah. But, you know, I just, you know, that was last year. That was 20... 
2013 season, we're starting anew. So, Wait, yeah. But my point being, I think Seattle's made a huge mistake with this, and I know I probably ranted about it last time. I'm going to rant about it, you know, probably whenever it happens again. But it really, it's like you cannot, in baseball, you it, it's better. Look, the the staff, the, the, uh, the hiring staff, the managers, the, the coach, well, not the coach, coach doesn't have as much to say, but the, the team managers should have just watched the movie Moneyball and go, oh, we can get a bunch of like mid-level people, but if they're just the right skills, we can figure this out. Instead, they're like, hey, well, we'll just dump all our money into one guy. That's a good idea, too. And it's like, no, it's not. You guys are idiots. And I don't think he's a big enough draw to bring people to the stadium. Because um, yep. I think they're going to look at that and go like, oh, good, you got like one star that you paid way too much for. I mean, will, will they get an opening day attendance? Yes, because it's baseball, it's an American tradition. They're going to get opening day attendance. But it's not, I don't think this is, if the whole plan was, hey, we're going to get people showing up all the time to see our superstar, I, I can't imagine it's going to last more than a month in terms of people really wanting to show up to see him because... If the team's losing, it doesn't matter how good of a superstar you have. Yep. And I think they really would have been smarter to invest in a lot of younger players who they can build into a team that can be a contender. Pretty much just moneyball it. Yeah, because Seattle has had their moments like in the like 80s and 90s, I believe, um, for more recent memory. Um, you know, so it's not like they were always a bad team. Hell, Kansas City Royals were actually pretty good at certain points in the 80s, as I recall. So, you know, there are some teams that are like bottom feeders now that used to be good teams. They just need to get their stuff together. Is really what it comes down to. Heck, the Angels have had bad years. Like, oh, really bad years. bad years. Yeah. It's not like the Angels have always been this dominant team. They've had some terrible years, but the Angels, you know, they took their time, they got the right players, they figured it out, and now they've been doing pretty good, and hopefully they'll do really good this year. We might, we might be uh, freeway rivals, but it, it doesn't matter. I still want to see the Angels do well. I have too many friends who root for the team. <laughs> That's what you get for uh, spending half your life in Orange County. You, uh, yeah. you get a lot of people around you who are just into the team. But hey, raised on Dodgers, die on Dodgers. <sighs> Couple more weeks. Can't wait. Yep. In terms of other sports news, we got anything else? Uh, I got nothing pretty much. I just was mostly focused with baseball, so. We'll have to, when the World World Cup starts to actually heat up, we'll have to start doing some World Cup reports. But I guess I can close out with like some minor sports news from sports entertainment side of things. Uh, for those who haven't heard, Hulk Hogan is now back with the WWE. Dude is like 60. Still like ripped up in oil and like covered in oil in body oil, um, <laughs> because I guess he hit the gym before going on TV. But he's basically functioning as like a promotions person. He's been promoting the new WWE uh, network that they have, uh, which mostly shows reruns of like, uh, as I understand it, it shows reruns of uh, 
WrestleMania and the big events and stuff like that. But yeah, and then whatever the the current whatever the you know the the live wrestling shows they're showing those as well. Sure. But he's been doing that. He's been making his rounds. He was on like uh, you uh, Good Day, not Good Daily. He was on uh, Good Morning America. He showed up on Good Morning America and did his whole spiel and was like flexing for the camera the whole time, you know. And he's going to be one of the announcers for WrestleMania 30. I'm sure they'll find some way for him to go into the ring and punch someone in the face, despite his age. Just because the fans, the, the fans would lose their minds if, like, old man Hogan went in and just punched, you know, some bad guy character in the face and was like, that's for being a jerk in WrestleMania! And he just, like, went back to the desk. Sorry, Bob, I had to do that. <laughs> You know, the fans would lose their minds. So I'm, I'm sure he'll do something in WrestleMania. But yeah, he's back, and good for him. I mean, he probably really needs the paycheck. So, uh, just kind of how that is. I mean, after his messy divorce and all that stuff, I'm, I'm sure Hogan needs the money. And the other thing that's kind of an interesting thing on the wrestling side, and I only say this being Worf because being a movie nerd, uh, Batista, who was brought back into the WWE, basically as a cross-promotion because he's playing Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, basically, the fan, the wrestling fans hate him. He is he has basically become a villain character for wrestling right now, and they're just playing it up. They're just like, okay, well, we wanted him to be a star, so he has cool cross-promotion. We can't. Uh, he's a villain now, and he's just going to beat up all, all like, the good guy characters and stuff like that. And I guess that's the direction they're going to go with it. And I, I thought from him, like, well, that's terrible to do because he's playing a superhero. You don't want, you know, you don't want the other character the superhero is known for to be you know, kind of a villain jerk guy. And then I paused for him, like, the character's name is Drax the Destroyer. When he got cast for this role, one of the movie podcasts I listened to said, well, I guess Batista's playing the villain because he's playing Drax the Destroyer. And then, you know, and I remember facepalming to that going like, you guys are going to get so many emails from so many comic nerds who are going to explain to you that he has been a core member of that team since like the beginning. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get the, the, all that all that attitude from that, but hilarious to think that because his name is the, his... his uh, you know, uh, moniker is the destroyer that you think he was a bad guy, and I'm like, well, they could use that. They could do the whole like, whoa, he just destroyed John Cena, just like Drax the Destroyer destroys aliens and Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they could still use that as a cross promotion tool. You know, he destroyed his opponent just like Drax the Destroyer. Like, you, you got that in there, and I'm like, okay, you know, it, it works either way. They'll get their cross promotion, but I just think it's hilarious that they're like, oh, he'll come back and he'll be cheered a hero returning champion and oh the fans hate him <laughs> I just think it's hilarious so I thought I'd share that it's more for like a Bizarro Files moment and we are going to have to do a comic book movie news uh, and probably Star Wars movie news episode very soon but I just thought that was hilarious and I was gonna, if I was going to bring up the whole Hogan thing I might as well bring up the Batista thing and I thought it was just kind of a fun little side note to bring up <laughs> nice but otherwise, yes, we, we I, I made a post on Facebook, and I stand by it, where I said, there are only two sports right now, baseball and football. Yes. Um, and was corrected by a uh, by friend of the show, Ramses, who said, it's football, the little thingy over the U. And my early response to that is, I don't know how to add the thingy to the U. 
Because I don't. I don't know how to do that on my keyboard. So. Alt uh, codes. Oh, is that what it is? Alt, then you do a series of numbers, like one, four, four, and that gives you some weird little E of Pokemon type of thing. Oh, all right. You hold Alt, one, four, four, and let go of Alt, and then boom. Okay, I always wondered about that. Because I've seen people who do that, and I... Yeah, because you, you want the little doodad over the E if you're talking about, you know, you know Pokemon, just, just so you can look cooler than everyone else, and you need the little dots over the U for football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like we said, we brought up the World Cup a couple times already, and I'm not the biggest soccer or football fan, but I, mean, I just call it football because I just like, like saying it like that. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the sport, but you know what? The World Cup, just, there's something cool about it. It's, it's, like, it's like the Olympics, but interesting. Yep. Because if anybody listened to our old Olympic podcasts, I'm not the biggest fan of the Olympics. And there's a reason why we've referenced nothing of the Winter Olympics in like the entirety of our show, other than like how effed up... I think we briefly mentioned how effed up everything was over in Sochi. Um, I think we briefly referenced that, like just problem after problem, but we haven't talked about Sochi. We're probably never going to talk about Sochi, other than me making, making reference to the fact that we're not talking about Sochi. Yeah, who cares? Pretty much what it was. Yeah. I think I think I mentioned the last time was the metal count, but uh. I, th- I think I th- yeah, you did the metal count, um, and okay, we will have one little piece of news that happened a few weeks ago. Apparently, uh, U.S. lost to Canada in hockey. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. Shock. <laughs> Let me guess. If we have the World Baseball Classic, Canada will lose to America in baseball. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a shock there. Uh, that's about it, really. I mean, just waiting a couple more weeks, just getting that excitement meter building up and building up. You know, it's a, it was just, you know, how football season was kind of crazy for me uh, this year just because of my hectic move and everything. You know, and having a team that you can't watch the games of as easily being on a different coast. With baseball, like, I can go on to on, online and listen to the games via, you know, radio online, uh, which I've done in the past anyways, when, you know, I had to work or something and couldn't watch the TV. So, you know, I have my options for my Dodger games. Uh, a lot easier than football games. For some reason, it's really difficult to get football on the radio. Really weird. Uh, I think the radio. I think the, I think NFL has some kind of block on. I don't know the whole detail with that. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't matter. Baseball. That's what matters. Yep, baseball. Oh, I can't wait. I can actually start being energetic in my little opening sequences instead of being like, ah, uh, no real sports going on right now. We're just sitting on our hands. Well, I guess I could just go and say, too, that March Madness is starting up. It is. Uh, I'm going to say go Duke. Hmm. Or whatever. Is Duke even playing in this tournament? I, I don't even know. <laughs> go Duke. Uh, are they playing? Yes, then I will say go Indiana. Are they playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I don't follow college sports. I know a lot of people who do. I don't. I don't follow college football. I don't really follow. I will watch 
like the Rose Bowl game or something like that because usually it's on in the background at my family's house while we're celebrating New Year's. But you know, for the ones where it's on New Year's, sometimes it's on the second. Uh, like well, well, usually at my family's house during those times, you know, Thanksgiving and you know, you know, uh, New Year's ish, when we have all those bowl games, they'll be on in the background, and I'll watch those. Or heck, if I was visiting my folks right now, I'd probably see a couple March Madness games. But it's never something I've really been super excited for. And despite having you know gone to two different colleges, I didn't go to either. Neither of my colleges I went to was like a huge, you know, sports school. So, well, technically, I went to a grad school from uh, the College World Series champions. But, you know, uh, I never went to, like, a major football school. I never went to a major basketball school. So it was never that big of a deal to me. And I think if I had, it would mean more. But I didn't, so forget it. I'll watch professionals. So, all right, yeah. We, we have a few other sports that Miguel and I don't care about, but the big thing is... We're, we're getting hyped up for baseball. It's time for stats, and it's time for talking about how the replays are working and trades, and oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so, it, I'm so excited. It is an amazing thing, because it, it is such like a sport that's so athletic, yet so nerdy at the same time. It is, it is like the nerdiest of sports, because <laughs> of all the insane stats and you know, strategies and psychology that goes into everything, you know, and yet, on the other hand, most of us who know that those things probably couldn't compete on a professional level, even if we took a whole year to dedicate ourselves to training to compete on the professional level. I know I couldn't, because regardless of how good of a pitcher um, I was, my aim was always terrible, so <laughs> as a little kid, I was basically told, well, you're... Got, got a good arm, you got bad aim, you're never going to be able to be a good baseball player. And I was like, fine by me, whatevs. <laughs> I will, uh... I, I will deal with that. I will just watch, I will watch from the stands, and I will pay attention to stats and stuff like that and be nerdy about baseball. That's the only other way we can do it, since we can't really participate now. Yeah. I don't think I would be happy being an athlete anyways. I think I don't think it would ever suit me. I'm such like a researcher studier person that I think I'd spend more time going like, man, another game? But I was just about to research fine. A game, but I'm working on the next chapter of my book. What the heck? Is it a life story? No, Derek, it's not a life story. I don't care then. She walks off like let me know when you're writing your life story. Or the better yet, the story of someone else. Yes, Derek. I'll get around to that. And that is me being a Yankee hanging out with Derek Jeter before he heads off to become a publisher. This reenactment brought to you by me. <laughs> All right, Miguel. I, I think we've kind of been just kind of burning the last couple of minutes here just talking about normal stuff like we normally do. So I think it's time to wrap up the show. It is time for that. So until next time, this is Jared from Miguel saying that's the game.